coming up. What an excellent day for the history of the devil. Part 12. folks, and welcome to another episode of The Exorcist Minute, a show where we normally examine, extrapolate, and excavate The Exorcist, minute by terrifying minute. My name is Lester Ryan Clark. And I'm Keenan Diaz. And we are still your holy guides on this journey through The History of the Devil, Part 12, where we continue our exploration of Dante's Inferno, Part 1 of Dante's Divine Comedy. Let me look that up, and that is correct. Okay, good, good, good. We're, we're, we, we, we gotta make sure, folks. We are, we are nothing if not... We're just nothing. <laughs> we're just nothing. <laughs> no, no, Lester, Lester, get back up, get back Lester, up. We're almost out, done. Out of the circle, yeah. Uh, okay, okay. Last time, folks, remember there were motherfucking snakes in this motherfucking Malabolja, and a dragon, and a horseman, and a bunch of lizards. But it turned out these lizards were actually five Florentine thieves. Five, five Florentine, Florentine thieves. thieves. Four inverted pokes. Three dog heads. Two evil pockets. And, and a panther. panther like we're not sure. sure. Okay, there we go. We're done. We're done with that. Um, okay. Yes, folks, they were anamorphs, and they were forced to spend eternity morphing and fusing with each other from man to beast and beast to man. In fact, I swear, I remember Dante turning to the camera and saying, this is just like anamorphs, isn't it? That popular kids book series? <laughs> By popular, they mean the ones that no kid has ever read because they've been terrified of at the library. They've only seen the <laughs> covers. Covers. Yeah. <laughs> So actually, you never know. Dante could have written those. You know, uh-huh, you, right. you never, you never, you never, you never cracked one open, did you? No, no, you didn't. <laughs> um, but uh, Dante then sees tiny points of light in the next Malabolgi, and he says, "You would not believe your eyes if ten million fireflies lift the world up as I fall asleep because they fed." No, 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 no. He didn't do that. He didn't do that. That that was uh, the popular band Owl City. Um, mm-hmm. And I believe the song was Fireflies. Practicing for your DJ audition. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, hey, hey, Keenan, we don't know. There could be um, a, a club down in the last circle of hell. We have not been there yet. There certainly is, yeah. And I'm just, I'm just, you know, that was Owl City. <laughs> of course, you were in hell, so that yes. was Owl City. <laughs> the last song has been Owl City for the past 10,000 yes. years. And now, Taylor Swift, no, just kidding, Owl City, <laughs> again. There's there's a club in Tennessee where I, I spend half my time that is in one of those, you know, there's a lot of caves in that part, like the, mm-hmm. the biggest cave in the world is in um, is in uh, Kentucky, the, oh. um, the uh, uh, what do you call it, Mammoth Caves. Oh, wow. And okay. so they have, yeah, they're like the deepest thing you can actually go into. And so like they have a club down there that looks like hell what? Know, in Tennessee, that, because it's it's in a cave, yeah, so you go down Oh my there, God. Which sounds like hell to me, because I would feel like claustrophobic or, or whatever. Uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh. There's a nightclub down there and like a speakeasy and all that. That sounds amazing. Yeah. <laughs> And it's it's specifically made to look like hell. I no, I think it just does because it's okay. Oh. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, if they don't call it Dante's Inferno, then they need their license revoked. No, let me see this here. I'll do some buzz marketing just for them. I mean, it looks like hell. I mean, sure, just because the ceiling is a cave. <laughs> Give me a Malabolja on the rocks. <laughs> I'll, I'll text this picture to you, and you can see this. You here. get a pope in the hole. <laughs> But yes, if I were cooler and braver, um, mm. yeah, I, I, w- I would go here. Yeah, okay, hold on. Let me text and I interest you. you in these seven deadly drinks. <laughs> 
Yeah, if I liked drinking, uh-huh. dancing, talking to strangers, or being underground, <laughs> <laughs> this is where I would go. Not yeah, necessarily the, in that the, order, huh? Yeah, oh, wow. It's called the Caverns uh, yeah, in, in Grundy County. All right. Well, folks, yeah, yeah. Just uh, do yourself a favor and Google the Caverns of Grundy <laughs> County. Yeah, Grundy, that, right? Not Grunty. Gr- Grundy, like okay. Solomon Grundy. Yeah. Oh, Solomon Grundy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take a look. Does that look like hell to you or heaven? <laughs> I mean, that is that is... That is that is a uh, a a hell of a good time. Whew, there we go. I saved it. But yeah, it, it looks it looks uh, like heaven for for a devil like me. <laughs> That's true. That's right. Yeah. All right. All right. So where are we in Dante Land? Yes. Okay. So so uh, so he he doesn't sing the Fireflies song. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, what we actually see, uh, what, what he actually sees are, are people from a distance engulfed in their own, uh, or no, 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 yeah, sorry. Uh, so, this is the review. We haven't even gotten to the part, like, okay, so I was reviewing. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> he sees people, you know, engulfed in their own uh, personal bonfires, right? right. Uh, Dante and Virgil meet two of them, Ulysses and Diomedes, right? Or Odysseus mm. and Diomedes, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and they were out Odysseus-ing, or Odysseus-ing. <laughs> Um, and they accidentally found Mount Purgatory, um, mm-hmm. but then God said, nope, and swept them away in a giant, giant whirlwind. Or like a whirlpool. Or a whirlpool, right? Mm-hmm. Panther, leopard, whatever. Um, <laughs> and now they're here. Uh, lastly, we meet Guido de Montefeltro, uh, who was a scheming fox up on earth, but then he became a monk. Um, but it was under Pope Boniface, so they just kind of like schemed with each other. And he thought that he had an in because, you know, Papa B uh, could absolve him of future sins. Uh, but then an angel came and dragged him to hell, uh, explaining it doesn't really work that way. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah. Pope should have told you. Pope should have told you, right? Uh, and that's pretty much where we left off. So let's jump back in here with Canto 28, Malibulgia 9, still in Circle 8. Uh, so Dante once again opens this canto by telling us that we will not believe what he is seeing. And what he is seeing is a pit filled with people who have been maimed, mutilated, split open with their guts tumbling out of their chests and stomach, <laughs> their bowels on full display, their hearts still beating and flopping all over the place, and their lungs still expanding these people have been split or severed because they have caused schisms in life. So they have sowed dissension and torn kingdoms or families or organizations apart. Now, I want to back up, Dante, because normally he says, oh, you won't back believe up, it. Back up, Dante. Uh... Dump truck Allegheny. <laughs> back right, that I just want to be his wingman here because normally he's been saying, like, you will not believe this. And then it's like, oh, it's a scary monster. Like, well, I do believe that. Yeah. I mean, I've mm-hmm. read I've read books before. Mm-hmm. You know, I've, <laughs> I've talked to people with imaginations. Mm-hmm. Um, but you will not believe who's coming up in this Malibol J. Oh, you will not believe. <laughs> the most, I would say, Lester, the most famous person yeah. in Dante's Inferno. Yes. Is down in this Malibol Yes. Okay, this is, this <laughs> is what makes Dante's Inferno infamous and problematic <laughs> okay great. this is we sound like a buzzfeed article it's like absolutely like you know uh, the, the the most famous character number one will will probably make you very angry um oh my god right. how do we even know yeah, yeah that was you know if we had ads which we don't <laughs> you know we, we say this like you won't believe so we've seen julius caesar down uh-huh, here right uh-huh. we've seen we've seen uh popes <laughs> yeah we've seen popes oh my gosh how could it get worse than Pope. Cleopatra, who's more famous than Cleopatra? Who, who who's more famous listeners than is more Caesar? famous than Cleopatra? <laughs> who's more famous than um than Judas Iscariot? Than Judas Iscariot. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Who do yeah. we have down mm-hmm, here? Mm-hmm. All right, did we do it? Did we yeah, do it? I think I think we did. We're gonna we keep them keep them guessing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Like, Keenan, let's just let's just not mention this part. Let's just let's just skip over this as if it didn't happen. <laughs> no, 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 we have to do this. No, I guess so. Ah, okay, but before we get there, um, so uh, I want to point out, um, more famous than Hercules, more who famous isn't in here, than Hercules, but definitely more famous than Hercules. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah, I'm I'm on pins and needles right now, folks. Um, and I know, I know who it is. <laughs> And I'm like, ah, yeah, God, we got to talk about this. Um, okay. So, uh, but before we do, um, I want to point out something, um, that Dr. Patrick Burke, hi Burke, uh, <laughs> says, um, he explains that schisms are, it's such a fun word also schism, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, he explains that they are different from heresies. Uh, remember, we already saw heretics burning in tombs back up in circle six, six, six in the city of that. Circle. That circle. That circle, precisely. Yes. <laughs> um, so, so uh, uh, yes, Dr. Burke says that schisms are different from heresies in that schisms promote a split or division within an organization, such as a church or uh, the state or even the family, whereas mm-hmm. heresy directly contradicts the doctrine of the church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, this was interesting. So Dante's writing this after the Great Schism, right, which is uh-huh. where the Eastern Church split from the Western Church. So mm. now we call it the Eastern Orthodox Church. Right. Uh, they don't call it that there. Right. <laughs> it's yeah, called yeah. the Church. Yeah. Uh, so so he's writing, but before the Reformation, which is more famous to us in the West, right? Yes. Mm. The level of the split between Protestant and Catholic, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I, I knew that part, but then I was looking up like why he might be writing about this now in 1300. Mm. So, so this started to uh, uh, make some connections for me to some of our other episodes even. So, mm. so he's writing this during the reign of Pope Clement V. That's Papacy right. V. Papacy V, yes. Who, uh, through complicated machinations, exiled Dante, right? Yeah. Like not directly, right? But he, but like part yeah. of it, right? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> let's say, let's say he didn't not exile Dante. <laughs> and Dante certainly blames him. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. So he blames Papa C five. Yes. So I didn't realize this. So I, was, I was also wondering, like, when does this other, like, smaller schism happen that, mm-hmm. that I've heard about? Right, where there was a pope in in, uh, in Avignon, France, mm-hmm. in the south of France. Right. So that is this time period. Ah. Um, so Papa C five, Pope Clement, it turns out, is the first pope who refused to rule from Rome and instead lived in Avignon, France. So he was the first of this line of French popes. And I didn't realize this, mm-hmm. but he was he was a childhood friend of Philip the Fair. <gasps> Philippe <laughs> Lebel. <laughs> Philippe Lebel. <laughs> yeah. So Philippe Lebel, I didn't so this is all coming together, right? Yeah. Um, so Philippe Lebel persecuted the Knights Templar, right? right because uh-huh. he owed them money mm-hmm. and he scapegoated them for living in the Literally Eastern... scapegoated them. Yes. <laughs> Right, and said so they worshipped um, uh, Bahamut, right? Yes, which which we could also be interpreted as mm, I'm not going to say. <laughs> That's right, a little but that clue. they were that they were like um, uh, because they had relationships with like like business relationships and, and alliances with Muslims essentially, and exactly. that they were and that they were um, um, uh, bankrolling a lot of the kings of the West. So yes. Philippe, uh, Philippe Lebel, Philippe mm-hmm. the Fair, yeah. right, was um, was persecuting them. So that yes. same uh, known to some Fair, as Philippe Le Cheap. <laughs> right. So that same Philippe Le Cheap yeah. installs his childhood friend, Papa C5, yes. Pope Clement V, as the first of like seven French popes who who lived in France in mm-hmm. Avignon instead of in Rome. Yeah. So so that is what Dante's talking about. So Dante's writing this as a period piece, uh-huh. but so um so he's talking about this mm, smaller schism. Still a schism, yeah. right. not as big as the Great Schism and not as great big as the Reformation later, right. but yeah, so he's living in that time period and talking about that. Yeah. I mean, there's schisms all over the place, guys. <laughs> yeah. And oh, Philippe, Philippe Le Cheap. Right? 
Philippe, how will we how will we finance this war? Is it oh let me get my oh no, my wallet, I cannot <laughs> I must have left it in, in Rome. I just <laughs> Yeah, so I hadn't looked that up earlier about um, I hadn't made that connection. I didn't know to look it up, but but like we talked earlier in our um, in our Inferno episodes about like hmm. what you know Dante is ex- exiled from um, right. from Tuscany and, and all that, and like oh it's weird, you know, someone from Rome is doing that, but it's not even that. It's someone from Avignon in the south of France is right. doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So crazy, crazy stuff. Thank mm-hmm. you, thank you for for um, uh, 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 illuminating us. <laughs> we got there eventually. Yes, we did. <laughs> That's the subtitle of our show. <laughs> All right, folks. Uh, so let's let's get into it. Um, so Dante first encounters a person who is, quote, rent from the chin to where one breaketh wind. That is the Longfellow translation, folks. So this guy is split from his chin to his ass. Mm-hmm. So he says breaketh wind, huh? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, my favorite Longfellow poem is all about wind, and so now I'm all <laughs> conflicted. <laughs> so it's a boy's will is the wind's will, uh-huh, uh-huh. as in, like, a boy, you know, a boy, uh, his his ideas and his ideas of himself, like, go on the wind, and they, like, mm-hmm. go from here to here, and they flit around. So a boy's will is the wind's will, and the thoughts of youth are long, long thoughts, which I love, and now I just, I'm going to think about farts, so. So, I mean, that was the first thing that I thought of when you said a boy's <laughs> will is the wind's will. I teach middle schoolers. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and uh, yeah, uh, let me tell you, our boy's will is the wind's will. <laughs> and I'm suffering for it. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So I, I, I didn't know they would say that breaketh wind, but there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so and and uh, um, so so this guy sees Dante staring at him, and so he introduces himself. And folks, depending on the translation, you might actually miss this. Um, I'm reading from a couple of different translations, and I have a relatively later translation that simply reads, quote, see how mutilated I am, and in front of me, another goes weeping as well, end quote. So if you only read this translation, you wouldn't see a problem. But let me read from the Longfellow translation one more time. Quote, how mutilated, see, is Mahomet. In front of me doth Ali weeping go, end quote. And so now I'm thinking, mm, that cannot be right. So <laughs> I check the Mandelbaum translation, quote, See now how maimed Muhammad is, and he who walks and weeps before me is Ali, end quote. So, yeah, folks. Good night, everybody. Good night. <laughs> that's, that's the end of our show. That is it. That is the end of, that is the end of all future episodes. That is, that is, we are done. Yeah. That's all, folks. Um, yeah. So, folks, despite the more modern translations trying to scrub it, um, mm-hmm. all you got to do is is look at the earlier translations or, or just go back to the original Italian, I guess, to mm-hmm. see that Dante has put Muhammad, the founder of Islam, in his fake hell, presumably for, um, and, and this is what Dr. Burke says, uh, splitting Christianity into two sects, mm-hmm. that of the Roman Church and Islam. And Dr. Burke also mentions uh, Muhammad's son-in-law, Ali, who then split Islam into uh, Sunni and Shiite. From um, Dante's point of view. From Dante's point Just of view. Just to be yeah. clear. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, I, and, and I'm, folks, I'm actually a little bit ignorant of this. So I, I looked it up, and our Muslim listeners, uh, please correct me if I'm wrong. Actually, actually, firstly, to our Muslim listeners, listeners, um, I, I am sorry about this canto. Uh, I did not know about this uh, coming in. So, so I'm going to take the mic away from Dante right now. 
Uh, he's going to go into podcast jail. And I'm going to focus <laughs> instead on the history and the development of these two different groups of Islam, um, that is the Sunni and the Shia. Um, so from what I understand, the division appears to be based on uh, who the successor to uh, Muhammad is. Um, and each group has a different interpretation. Um, so apparently on the way back from his last pilgrimage, Muhammad uh, made a sermon at the uh, the Gadir Qum Oasis and uh, took Ali by the hand and said, quote, anyone who has me as his mola has Ali as his mola. Um, now that word Muhammad used, uh, mola, um, has multiple meanings, and this is one of the reasons uh, uh, for there being different interpretations. Uh, the Shiites, if I'm right about this, believe that Muhammad was naming Ali as his successor because uh, one of the meanings of this word, mola, is master or leader. Uh, the Sunnis, however, interpret mola using its second definition, which is simply friend. Um, the Sunnis believed that Abu Bekr, uh, one of Muhammad's oldest friends and father-in-law, was the better choice to succeed Muhammad. Today, the Sunnis and the Shia, they share uh, uh, a lot of similar beliefs and practices, but the Shia believe that religious leadership must come from the Prophet Muhammad's descendants, while the Sunnis do not. Um, of the 1.6 billion Muslims in the world, about 87 to 90% are Sunni and 10 to 13% are Shia. So. Mm -hmm. So very interesting. Um, it's all it's always great to be able to learn more about the history and development of our religious cousins in the Abrahamic family um, or the development of any religion. Um, that is time much better spent than uh, whatever Dante is trying to say over here. Um, so yeah, so so we're gonna we're gonna move on from this. Uh, we're gonna take Dante out of uh, podcast jail, um, and uh, and yeah, we're gonna we're gonna go ahead with the uh, the other stuff in this canto. <laughs> oh, I did want to I did want to say that like. Oh. Um, yeah, I wonder why um, why some of the translations don't say it's Muhammad. I don't. It doesn't seem like there's like debate about whether it is Muhammad. Mm -hmm. It just seems that like yeah, the newer translations, like the one that you and I read at first, like mm -hmm. just don't don't say it's Muhammad and don't say it's Ali. Yeah, which brings a question. I didn't think we were going to be talking about this on the show, uh -huh. but the 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 past crimes of artists and art, right? Mm -hmm. Like you get like, you know, racial caricatures or you get um, uh, stuff that criticizes a religion mm -hmm. or really, really sexist stuff or like really, really blasphemous stuff like this one. Mm -hmm. um, and then the, I guess the attempt to keep that piece of art alive, but mm -hmm. scrub the, the ugly parts from it. What do we think about that? Well, you know, I do a lot of work with Disney. Um, mm. and I was thinking specifically of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I do a lot of work with his, the, like the history of Disney. And I, I think that it is appropriate to scrub it out of stuff that you're going to now repackage to children. Aha, uh -huh. yeah. Right? But I would prefer, obviously, as a historian and, and someone who likes to see how art can give us insight into um, racism and anti-Semitism mm -hmm. and misogyny from the time, I would like it to still exist, right? Yeah. Because um, I would like to take a look at that stuff. And I also don't want it just to be to fed to children without any kind of context that this yes. is wrong. Right. Mm -hmm. So on Disney Plus, like I want Peter Pan to exist. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, I, I I would like there to be a conversation so that when children see. Have you seen Peter Pan? No, you and I, you haven't seen Peter Pan like with a group of young people recently. It's like it's lovely. It's one of Disney's like absolute best. You're like, this is amazing. This is amazing. And, and then, then they show up song. with the yeah, Indians. Yeah. 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 And, and it's called What Makes the Red Man Red. And it like <laughs> like I've seen it with a group of, of students. And it just like you, the energy is all of a sudden. Like, oh. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> and it's really hard to recover. So like, yeah. 
so like I don't I don't think that um, I'm, I'm seeing it with college students, right? right? I don't think that that kind of thing should be shown to children without some kind of conversation with your yes. parent or guardian about like look at look at this like that's not how we do this anymore. Like, <laughs> um, and like to rather than for them to try to. Uh, to try to make sense of themselves like what do you mean what makes the red man mm-hmm. i've never even heard of this term of red man or anything, right, right. Right? or the things that they use like to say to refer to women as squaws you know yeah, which is just, yeah. you know like so it's that that needs some context but mm-hmm. i i would refer both versions to exist so luckily with the inferno they both exist yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um yeah the, the the versions that you and i read they just don't have that at all and there wasn't like a footnote saying right, hey right. like so i wonder like that's not that's not useful to anyone who would be reading Inferno, like in, by the time you're in like ninth grade, I think mm-hmm. it's okay for you to be like, oh, I'm yeah. reading something for the 1300s and they were racist as shit back yeah. then. And, mm-hmm. uh, and like, oh, this is great art and it's racist. And, and like, how do we put those things together? You know? Right. I like, I've heard, I've heard arguments on both sides. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and one of the arguments, uh, for, for keeping that stuff and, and like, but, um, reserving it for, I guess, like controlled viewing and contextual like conversation mm-hmm. is, if you completely scrub it, you're kind of letting the artist off the hook. Absolutely. Yeah. Right? It's like then, then nobody – like in, in you know, a couple more years, nobody's going to know that Dante mm-hmm. did this terrible thing, right? No right. one's going to be praising Dante up and down. And it's like, oh, Dante's He so was great. so progressive. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like no, we were talking about like, like he had Saladin um, who mm-hmm. was a Muslim. Like, when, like he's a great um, uh, Muslim general and leader, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And so he puts him amongst a noble pagan. So, right. so a couple of, um, of, of uh, episodes ago, I was like, oh, that's really progressive of Dante exactly. <laughs> to, to think of uh, like we can have Muslims, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But then no, like now we have the um, you know the leader. I mean the founder of Islam mm-hmm. in here, and he's he's you know being humiliated in, yeah. in a torture that is um, uh, you know from Dante's point of view like a nice ironic artistic contrapasso, but is 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 much worse than that. Like yes, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So, so yeah, I mean yeah. People, some people say like we need to separate the art from the artist. Mm-hmm. Have you heard that phrase? I have heard of that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's I think that's bullshit. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what you think about that. Like that yeah. because like we don't want to separate the art from the artist when it's positive stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So we want to say like, oh, did you know? Oh, whatever. Like, um, Mary Shelley wrote the beginning of Frankenstein the same time that uh, that her friend wrote the first vampire story, and like right. all this stuff. And like, like, oh, when it's interesting and fun and helps us with that, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we'll we won't separate the art from the artist. We want right. to know about the artist, but then when it's inconvenient for us, then we need to separate the art from the artist. Yeah. I, I call BS on that. Yeah, yeah, because it, like you. I mean, and this is just my opinion, but I don't think you can separate those things, right? Like so much of yourself, it gets poured into your Mm -hmm. art, right? And I mean, like, I'm just thinking of like, um, you know, we, we, we talked about Harry Potter on the show before, Mm -hmm. right? But, and that's, that's what a lot of people uh, seem to be wanting to do now is separating the art from the artist. But like, I don't know, like you look at the actual story itself and there are some problematic things in there as well. And you can Mm -hmm. kind of tell, you know, sit back and be like, oh yeah, I can see how a person who thinks this way wrote mm-hmm. a story, uh, you know, wherein some other problematic things are also mm-hmm. happening. Right. right. Um, yeah. So like, oh uh, yeah, JK Rowling, Joe Rowling is, is a really good example of this. So mm-hmm. like when, when it is useful for us to tell the story that she lived in her, her car, right. She was, yeah. she was very poor when she mm-hmm. was writing this and she was a, like a single mother who like worked her way up and, and did all that. Yeah. And then when she became a billionaire, she was the first billionaire in Britain to drop down mm-hmm. from being a billionaire to a regular millionaire because she gave so much of her money away to charity. Mm-hmm. And like we tell those stories, right? right? When it's, when it's like, Oh, that makes me like Harry Potter more, mm-hmm. but then we refuse to tell the stories that make us like Harry Potter less. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, folks, it's and, uh, and, and you know, but that's you know, but that's the way that that's you know, literature is supposed to, and art is supposed to like help us understand the human condition. Yes, and J.K. Rowling is this person who has all these great strengths, 
mm-hmm. and then has this terrible, terrible blind spot yeah. that is going to ruin her legacy unless mm-hmm. she makes some great change, you know, mm-hmm. and she's going to be left behind in history, you mm-hmm. know, uh, mm-hmm. and that's interesting. <laughs> so yeah. why are we trying to simplify the story? That right? Is, be like, that is a human. That is what a human a is. Human, a human being. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, folks, much like, much like, uh, much like Truy, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, in, in the little uh, portrait on the, in, uh, in daddy's room, um, it's complicated. What is this? <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> oh, 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 Christ, 88 episodes. <laughs> it Truy, just yes. dropped. I haven't listened to her yet. <laughs> Yeah, yes, Truey, the picture of, of Papa Truey Folks, in Papa and Daddy's room in the den, I, yes. I don't know if you could hear, but I started slowing down, waiting for the laugh that never came. It was like I had virtually raised my hand in a high five, spanning miles from Los mm-hmm. Angeles to Las Vegas, and my co-host just left me hanging. Have our listeners mentioned any... Uh... Of our truey talk yet? Have they? Have they? No, <laughs> we're worried about it. We're worried about it. Yeah, like, should we keep any of this in? Yeah, it, yeah. It well, no. See, that's a funny thing. I was, I was listening to that as I was editing. I was like, wow, I am so afraid <laughs> of talking about Harry S. Truman. And folks, here we are, <laughs> Canto Twenty Nine. <laughs> Truman doesn't seem so controversial anymore. <laughs> Someone more famous than yeah. Harry uh-huh. S. Truman. Someone way more famous. Mm-hmm. Ah. All right. Why couldn't it be, Dante, why couldn't you have come down to this Malabolja and met Harry Truman split from chin to asshole? <laughs> Smug little face. So what he did. <laughs> in, that, in that picture. Ah. Anyway. Ah. All right. So yeah, so we move on. I said we were going to move on like five minutes ago. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so... so <laughs> We still got to, because he's still here. We've got to talk to him. Oh, we still have more of him? No, we don't, do we? Well, no, because he explains, he explains that uh, there is a devil with a sword in this Malabolja who, like, Mm -hmm. after these guys heal heal back up, apparently, Mm -hmm. like, they do this quite quickly, um, the devil slices them open again, and the cycle continues, Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, and only after this long explanation does um, this guy stop and look uh, at Dante and he's like, so I noticed that you're not split from, uh, from end to end. What is up with that? And Virgil, you know, chimes in with his whole thing, right? It's like, Oh, Dante's still alive. He's got a fast pass from God. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we just got, uh, you know, we just came here, you know, to learn a lesson. Mm-hmm. But as soon as he finishes his speech this time, everyone in the Malabolje stops and stares at them. Mm-hmm. And I imagine like there being like a record screech, mm-hmm. right? And and all the ambient, also all the ambient noises of hell stop, right? So you had like this nice kind of like, right? I don't know. I don't know what hell sounds What's that? like. That's the ambient noise. That's, 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 um, you know, the, the, the choir of the damned, right? <laughs> right. That's, that's caverns in yeah. Grand <laughs> <Grundy> County. Yes. <laughs> and it's just, <laughs> right. They don't actually sing words. They're just right, like, right, you know, right. yeah. Um, but they, but they stop too. Right. Right. Yeah. And you hear, <gasps> yeah. Um, but I, okay. So, 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 uh, Dante really does say that like this news, um, like at this news, the sinners become oblivious to their torture, right? They simply mm-hmm. cannot credit that Dante is allowed to go on this walking tour of hell. Um, and after this, there's a pause. And um, this guy that they're talking to uh, says, uh, then you who will perhaps soon see the sun, tell Fra Dolcino to provide himself with food if he has no desire to join me here quickly, lest when the snow begins 
uh, lest when the snow besieges him, it brings the Novaris the victory that otherwise they would not find too easy. And I was like, and this, folks, this was before I knew who this guy was. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was reading this and I was like, ah, okay, so this guy is either a friend or a, fo- a foe of Fra Dolcino, right? Because mm-hmm. he's mentioning Fra Dolcino, right? So who's who's Fra Dolcino? Mm-hmm. Um, I got to look this up. So I Googled Fra Dolcino, um, uh, comma, Dante's Alferno, uh, Inferno, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, firstly, Fra is the, uh, is the abbreviation for an Italian friar or monk. Mm-hmm. Um, so that makes sense, right? And so Fra Dolcino uh, was the second leader of the Dolcinian reformist movement who was burned at the stake uh, in northern Italy in 1307. So I'm like, okay. Reformist, mm-hmm. Reformation, this guy was condemned as a heretic uh, by the Catholic Church, and I guess Dante sees him as a, a sore of discord within the church, right, causing this split, right, this reformist movement. Um, mm-hmm. And apparently the line about him, like, having to store up food is because he was captured in a siege during the winter, and of course this is a period piece, so mm-hmm. that has already happened when Dante is writing this. Seems a little... Uh... Cruel. I mean, the guy lost his, the split didn't happen, right? So he was trying yeah. to reform it. And so it didn't become the Reformation or even a Reformation. So right. Yeah. Dante's really punched it down he in, is, this, he in is. this circle. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Right. Well, I mean, no, he, he's punching way, way, way up with one, with one. Oh. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> yeah. So, but no, no, but like he's, he's being, he's being a dick here. <laughs> yeah, he really is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah. So, so after this, uh, Muhammad, or it, Dante's Muhammad. Right. Let's get that clear. Moves on and up strolls Pierre da Medicina. Uh, now, we don't know much about this guy except that he was a political rather than a religious uh, schismatic. That's still so fun to say, schismatic, <laughs> right? Um, I'm going to go do a schism after work. You want to go do a schism, right? I'll do one or two schisms, yeah. Uh, okay, so so he sowed discord between uh, Mal- the Malatesta and the Polenta families. Um, he appears to Dante with his throat pierced through and his nose and one ear chopped off. Mm-hmm. Um, he asks Dante to warn Guido and Angiolello uh, that they will be thrown from their ships into the sea by a one-eyed traitor that is presumably um, another uh, Malatesta. So I guess I guess Angelo and, and Guido are... Um, the other ones, the polentas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Uh, Dante says that he will do this um, if this guy, Pierre, tells him about this other guy standing right next to them. So, <laughs> boy, Dante, like you're, you don't got room to talk, buddy. Right. But yeah. So, so, so and this, who's the other guy? <laughs> yes. Right next to you. Right next to you. Yeah. So, so because so, Virgil's not stepping in to do it, because normally no, no, no. Virgil, Virgil would be like, Virgil is that's, mad. That's Mosca. Yeah, that's Mosca. <laughs> right, he was not going to do that this time. No, no, so no. Dante has to do it. Yeah, right. Mm. Yeah, Virgil's Virgil's got his own grievances right now. Um, but yeah, so so uh, uh, we will come to find. Yeah, but yeah, so so this guy Pierre grabs um, this other guy and pries open his mouth, explaining that this is Curio, um, who gave advice to Caesar, which caused the civil war, which resulted in the transforming of Rome from a republic to an empire. Yeah. So yeah, so we got uh, we got we got more people. So, like it just amazes me that we have Caesar in hell, mm-hmm. and then we have all of these people who like betrayed Caesar or gave him bad advice also in hell. Mm-hmm. So it's like, how dare you treat Caesar so poorly? You know, <laughs> Caesar, the guy who is currently up in the first circle of hell That's in right. limbo. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. But yeah, I was I was seeing that Curio was the one who was like, um, "Hey, you see that Rubicon there? <laughs> hey, boss. Hey, boss. Yeah, why don't you why don't you cross that Rubicon? Why don't you cross that Rubicon? Yeah. Hey. The die is a uh, guest. The die is. 
<laughs> you know. Ah, oh, trust me, you'll be remembered forever. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. That's 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 how all um um deceivers sound. Right, right? exactly. They, you know, they're all they're, they're rubbing their little hands, right? Yeah. 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 It'd be a shame if uh, he would take over Rome and yeah. uh... <laughs> right. And they got a little brother who's advancing in the family way too fast, and he's like, mm-hmm. he's like, no, I'm smart. <laughs> I'm not dumb like everybody says. I'm smart. I'm a noble pagan. <laughs> How low can you go? No. Uh, anyway, greatest actor. Folks. John Gazelle? Yes. Of all time. Yeah, yeah, we decided that already. (laughs) We decided that so you don't have to. (laughs) Right. Go watch watch a John Gazelle movie. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. No, no, no. Keep keep listening to our show. Then we go watch. And then we get another guy whose hands have been chopped off. Mm. Um, He raises his stumps in the air and he calls out that he too wishes to be remembered. But Dante knows who this guy is. This is Musca de Lamberti, Mm -hmm. um, who encouraged the murder that ignited the fierce rivalry between, wait for it, the Guelphs. And the Ghibellines. Mm-hmm. So this this is the guy who started it all, right? And immediately, Dante responds with, death to you and your entire family. And the guy runs off sobbing. Dante, that's not nice. Ah, Dante. Oh, wait, wait let me say it like, Greg, I just, I didn't realize yeah, yeah. that. Dante, that's not very nice. <laughs> <laughs> Dante, do you think my mom is pretty? <laughs> She's a strumpet. No. <laughs> it's hard to tell. She's covered in shit. She's in a river of shit. And she's constantly going to the surface and farting out her air and going back down to the bottom. Yeah. Yeah. That's in the that's in the, the most recent uh, translation. It's, it's, it's the longer fellow translation. Right. Yeah. Um but yeah. Oh, maybe he's asleep, honey. Oh, you think? Yeah. Yeah, his candles definitely put me to sleep. No. Um Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So 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 okay, yeah. So 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 Dante Dante says death to you and your entire family to this this guy, um, yes. which is just like the rhythm of this whole thing, right? All these souls are like, you should remember me, and Dante's like, okay, and another one's like, you should remember me, and Dante's like, okay, and then this guy is like, and don't forget about me, and Dante's like, death to you <laughs> and your entire family, and he's raising his hands that are no longer there, his phantom limbs to him, like yeah. re- mm-hmm. reaching out to him for help, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. like and maybe he's not saying like forgive me, but that's kind of the pose, right? Right, yeah, like, yeah. Forgive me, Dante. Yeah, yeah. This is he can't nope. even he can't even do it at the figs. No, know? he can't even do it. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Dante, Dante has remembered him. Yeah. By putting him into this, which becomes the most you know famous Italian piece. This of is the thing that. that <laughs> well, I was, I was almost going to say this is the thing that everybody, every character is most. Rem- I was. This is the thing that almost every character. <laughs> is remembered for, right? We're talking uh, right. about Virgil, we're talking right. about Guido Cavalcante, right? Mm-hmm. All of those people are the most famous in Dante's Inferno, right? right? <laughs> yeah, so he's made him famous. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Like Chaco. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, so, but like, it just just the rhythm, he's like, yes, yes, I'll remember you, I'll remember you. It's like, fuck you. <laughs> the guy runs off crying. Right. And it's like the first time that Dante, I mean, like, I think Dante has given, you know, uh, somebody, like, I think he gave um, Pope Nicholas a tongue lashing too. Right. But like, it's rare. Like, usually these sinners come up and he's he's like, oh, oh my gosh, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, or he's like, oh, I feel so sorry for you, right? He's either right. afraid of them or he he's moved to pity. And like, very rarely is he like, no, fuck right. you. So right? Pay attention to fuck yeah. out of my face. <laughs> right. Fuck you and the horseman you rode in on. Yeah, right. And that's when necessary. No. <laughs> 
But yeah, so, so, okay. So, so next Dante breaks the fourth wall again to say, folks, I can barely talk about this next guy. It's just so creepy. You're not going to believe this. He then goes on to describe a man walking towards them, holding his severed head by the hair. And Dante remarks two things. First, he remarks how casually this guy is holding his own head, which I had to stop and think about that. Like, how do you casually hold your head? I guess I guess he's you know, holding it by the hair. But folks, I have never had to hold my head <laughs> casually. So I'm, I'm trying to get a visual here. Like, is he swinging it? Mm. Like, is, is it like slung over his shoulder like a backpack? Like, or is he just letting it like drag on the ground and every time it like hits a rock, you just hear ow, 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 ow. Like, what is what is going on here? I, I, thought, I thought you were trying to do that song. What? Like, <laughs> does your head hang low? Does it wobble to and fro? <laughs> do you tie it in a knot? Do you tie it in a bow? <laughs> do you, what is it called? Uh, throw do it over you your throw shoulder like a, a continental soldier. soldier. <laughs> right. That is what's going on with this right. guy. This is This is just like, a schoolboy with his new books, right? He's about to meet a fox and a cat who are going to steer him the wrong way. And he's just swinging his book bag, which is actually a head. That's right. When when I uh, started my first production class at school in um, in college at UNLV, uh-huh. um, we had uh, the, the head of production come down, one of the professors. Mm-hmm. And he was talking to us about how to t- take care of our equipment, right? Like, like uh-huh. hey, we're going to be renting out this equipment from the school. And he says, um, so take care of this like it's your own. And he goes, no, never mind. I, I see how you guys treat your own stuff. <laughs> Take care of it like this is mine. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> uh, um, now the second thing. So speaking of speaking of like like this head just going out, 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 right. The second thing that Dante notes is that um, uh, is that it seems as if the head and the body are two separate souls. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So it's 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 like it it really is becoming a comedy here because like it, it you imagine them just like it's like are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet, right? But that's that's how he describes it is that these these two entities are separate from each other, right? Like the head's looking one way and the the body's still walking and I imagine that's what it's like oh wait, wait, wait stop stop stop, right? It's I like, get back it. So up, back up. A schism. Got... He's been schismed in of itself. Yeah. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. But he like like the head sees Dante and he's like hold on, hold on. Uh, feet, you know, halt, you know, pump the brakes. Yeah, right. This is like um, uh, Krang. Yes. <laughs> so Krang is a brain inside of some body he built, right? That is exactly like, <laughs> Dante. <laughs> I need to tell you about my contrapasso. <laughs> yeah. <I forget. sighs> what is- <laughs> what body so the guy, is. yeah, yeah I exactly. what the body's name is. No one cares. Oh, I didn't know the the body had a name. He must, right? It's not him. It's not Krang's body. It's some other body. Oh, it's, it's like a, a a body suit, right? Right, right exactly. Yeah. So Pat Fraley, I was I was listening to um uh, to him talk about like how he came up with the uh, the Krang voice. Oh, cool. And he talks about how like he he. Hold on, does. I'm sorry. We should. We should. So, Krang is a brain. Is a is the. Is a, oh yes, the teenage mutant ninja the, turtles. Yes, he's the teenage mutant ninja turtle. <laughs> <laughs> bad guy. Like he's like the second most bad guy after Shredder. But he's crazy. Yeah. He's like because he he's like totally amoral. He's as he's, he's a brain who sits in the stomach of this giant uh, robot body. Yes. Right? Yes. Okay. Okay. I think I think that's enough. I mean, you could see sure. you can see into the into the into the into the stomach and see Krang. So yeah, you yeah, see yeah. him talking. Yeah. Right. Okay, sorry, there are, there are listeners out there. <laughs> Who are like I am? I am familiar with Dante Alighieri, but who who are these four pubescent reptiles 
that practice ninjutsu. <laughs> right. <laughs> and why are they very loud and apparent and don't do a lot of <laughs> sneaking around? Worst ninjas ever. <laughs> okay, so anyway, so you're the, the, the invention of the Krang voice. For yes, the, yes. The so this is, this is from uh, Pat Fraley. So um, he, he was talking about when he was experimenting for it, he... Um, he would do the lines both on the inhale and the exhale, right? Mm-hmm. So he would be something is like, you'd be like, Shredder, come over here. There is something. I want to tell you. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So that's, uh, yeah, this is really interesting. Little little bit of, uh, you know, voice actor lore there. That's great. Yeah. Right. On our, on our history of the devil. <laughs> Dante Alighieri. <laughs> Right, we just want to be clear. Krang is the most famous person in this uh, Malibu show. <laughs> that's that's who we were uh, we were talking about. We were trying yes, to hype yes. up before. Yes, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. the second villain on the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! Yeah. <clears throat> anyway, anyway, anyway. Okay. okay. <laughs> um. So yeah. So so um. This guy. This guy with the. The, the the severed head. Mm-hmm. He reaches our boys and he holds his head up like a lantern and the head announces that he is Bertrand de Born, whom Dante actually knows. He's a famous troubadour poet who encouraged the rebellious Prince Henry against his own father, King Henry II. Mm-hmm. And I imagine that household had to go through much the same struggles as my own. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> anytime like a messenger showed up at the castle gates and he's like, is Henry there? Yes. <laughs> no, uh, Henry Jr., Yes, that's me, King Henry Jr. No, 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 no. I mean, I mean, young King Henry. And King Henry's like, um, you better be talking about me still. Right. Young King Henry is my father. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, folks, uh, that was funny on two levels because mm-hmm. he actually is referred to as, quote, young King Henry. Uh, which one? I, King Henry II's son, Henry. <laughs> So King Henry III. No, 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 no. So his brother Richard the Lionheart became king, mm. um, who, according to this documentary I watched, was an actual lion um, <laughs> with with a full regal mane. Um, and, it, and it doesn't feature for most of this uh, documentary. Um, <laughs> yeah, he comes in at the end. After. <laughs> exactly, right? Um, instead, we learn about his brother John. Uh-huh. His brother John, who is, who is also a lion. Um, so, he, so he has a big mane as well. No, 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 no. He doesn't have a mane. <laughs> he's he's all scrawny looking. Um and his crown doesn't fit. Right. Um, and, he, and he's trying to run the country, but he can't because he is being menaced by a fox mm-hmm. who lives in Sherwood Forest. This mm-hmm. fox has no pants. Um, sometimes they have like shirts and no pants. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they have pants and no shirts. It's very inconsistent. Um, then, then the Lion King returns from the Crusades and John is banished, but mm-hmm. not before signing the Magna Carta, which was actually a good thing. Um, mm-hmm. And that's not in the documentary. I had to look that up on my own. But yeah, British history, folks. Right. Yeah. So where were we? Uh, we were talking about Henry II. Which one? It doesn't matter because we were actually talking about Bertram de Born, who mm-hmm. encouraged young King Henry <laughs> to rebel against actual King Henry, mm-hmm. neither of whom are lions. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's actually actually why he's down here in Dante's hell, holding his head like a lantern, right. casually. Well, that's interesting. So he wrote songs uh, to encourage the king to rebel against his, his father, the king. Or yeah. You know what I'm saying? His father, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyways, he wrote songs, which is very interesting. So like he was like mm-hmm. doing like the equivalent, I guess, of like Revolutionary War pamphlets, right? Yeah. The Thomas Paine would in song form. That sounds cool. Killing your dad is a great thing to do. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I'm not a, tro- I'm not a troubadour, folks. Okay. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, we should we should get some of that, you know, that, that uh, the stringed instrument. The oh, yeah, yeah. 
But then whatever, yeah, yeah. It, it's it, you know, killing your dad was a great thing to do, etc. As long as it ends, it's early in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> in the middle doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. And then I, I come on the mic and I'm like, that was Owl City. <laughs> But yeah, okay, so so yeah, folks, that that was Canto twenty eight. Uh, right. That was Canto twenty eight, <laughs> and now we move on to Canto twenty nine, Malabolja nine, Circle eight. So still in Circle eight, um, in and we're also still in that ninth evil pocket. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, so Dante is hesitant to move on. He is shook. Um, but Virgil scolds him here once again for getting emotional. Um, Don- but. Here, Dante has a reason, right? He explains that he's actually looking for one of his ancestors whom he believes is down here. And Virgil's like, yeah, I saw him under the bridge as uh, that we just crossed. Uh, he was shouting and shaking his fists at you. Something about how you never avenged him. You were busy talking to the headless guy. Look, we got to move on. It, isn't me, Keenan, or does Virgil seem a little bit cruel in this canto? Yeah, he's getting pretty mean <laughs> in, in the last canto and in this canto, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's, he's, he's getting grumpy. This is grumpy mm-hmm, Virgil. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, this time um, it's personal. Yeah, right. And I don't know why. Like, I don't know why he's like more patient with that. You know, where's where's the Virgil who carried Dante like a baby, mm-hmm. right? You know, into into one Malabolja and the next, right? right. This is uh, going on on three hours sleep, uh, uh, Virgil, right? And he just yeah. wants Dante to shut up. <laughs> yeah, and he won't pipe in and say that's that's such and such. Yeah, he didn't <laughs> even like, do that. You do he's... it yourself. <laughs> yeah, you could come up to ask you. You're, you're a grown up. Go ask them yourself if you want to know who they are. Yeah. <laughs> he is done. He is he is done with with Dante's shenanigans. Yeah. So yeah. So before, like Virgil was was like so ready to to show Dante all the sights and sounds of hell and all the different sinners. But apparently, this right here, this was a real ancestor of Dante's who was never avenged. And Virgil just sort of like brushes Dante off about this, right? Mm. And I keep forgetting that Dante is the one writing this. So <laughs> so Dante writes Virgil brushing him off. Mm-hmm. So what does Dante actually think of this ancestor whom he doesn't get to meet mm-hmm. because his Virgil makes him like, you know, hurry on. His no, but Dante makes him hurry on in Dante and then Dante's well, yeah. also putting his ancestor in hell. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. So yeah, so, so do you have an ancestor you would like to condemn to hell? <sighs> I no, I don't. I don't. I <laughs> yeah, can't I go, go so one. far. Yeah, I can't think of one. No. I had I had a friend, my my uh, my friend Noah Miller, who's a writer and teacher, and he um mm-hmm. he had I think it's his great grandfather or his great great grandfather, and you know mm-hmm. he's doing his own like genealogy, and then he discovers that like the original Noah Miller, who he shares his name, like was a mass murderer who oh my God. who like yeah did terrible deaths and like like killed a bunch of uh, Chinese immigrants um oh in God. his little town and stuff. And he's like, well, that's where my name comes from. Great, oh, <laughs> wonderful. I, I doubt his parents understood that one. They were like, oh, right. here's a family name, Noah. Yeah, yeah. Noah, that's biblical. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> oh God, jeez. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I haven't I haven't really looked uh, too far into my um my ancestry uh mostly because um we got like uh for christmas like um all of our family got like a little like free like ancestry.com thing oh yeah mm-hmm. and so like everybody else like you know did their thing and they, they put in their data and everything like that and they and they found out like you know all this cool stuff and they were like lester you should do it and i was like i i kind of already have it done for me right 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 because you guys did it <laughs> you know are they trying to tell you something I'm like Lester, you should open that. Some, you should you should look into who your ancestors are, son. Yeah, let's see if they match up. No, um, <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, but yeah, so okay, so so this guy, this um, 
this guy who, who Dante doesn't get to meet, this mm-hmm. ancestor. This is this is Jerry DeBello, mm-hmm. which I, I always thought it was Gary, but everyone everyone that I'm listening to is pronouncing it Jerry, which I okay. really like. Yeah, so it's Jerry. It's Jerry. Um, so <laughs> Jerry the Beautiful. Yeah, Jerry the Beautiful. Oh, yeah, DeBello, right? <laughs> I'm Jerry the Beautiful, right? <laughs> well, hello. <laughs> oh, it's you. It's my favorite king. <laughs> Philip the Cheap. Yeah. <laughs> He just he just kind of prances on there on all fours, right? Like Pepe Le Pew. Right. That's right. <laughs> Talk about separating the art from the artist, Pepe Le Pew. Oh yeah, yeah. I think we mentioned him once before, and then just like Tried skedaddled to. from that. You're right, exactly. Yeah, but then as, then then as soon as uh, Jerry's like, he's like, hey, yes, I found this new cafe. <laughs> Come on, Philippe. And he's like, oh, 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 is it, uh, you, know, you will have to pick up the tab. <laughs> There's no tabs in a cafe. <laughs> oh, I am suddenly, <coughs> I am suddenly a little sick. It's like, you don't have lungs anymore. <laughs> All right, so that's Jerry De- the Beautiful, Jerry DeBello. Jerry, Jerry DeBello, yeah. Um, so yeah, so so uh, apparently he uh, he was the cousin of Dante's father who started a feud between his family and another uh, and whose killing obliged the Alighieri family to vindicate his murder. Mm-hmm. Is that where, like, Vindicate, Vendetta, is that, are those I think they're, the, yeah, close? I think they're related, yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, sure. We're just going to say that, yeah. So, yeah, so, so yeah, we never get to, to meet this guy, right? We just see him at a distance going, ah, <laughs> um, Yeah, so, so, but as they're talking, they reach the bridge over the final Malibolja. This is it, guys, right? This is this is the last Malibolja, right? Um, the weeping and the wailing is so loud that Dante has to cover his ears, and the smell is that of rotting human flesh, mm. almost overpowering. Um, Dante does go on to compare the sight and the smell to um, a, a couple overcrowded hospitals um, uh, in uh, Valdiciana and Maremma uh, and Sardinia uh, from July to September specifically. Um, and I imagine like early readers would understand that better. Like maybe there was like a, a plague or something, or it was just mm-hmm. like like uh, especially overcrowded uh, during that time. Right. Um, and he describes them like all these sinners, right? In the Malabolja, he describes them all lying huddled together, like um, like like uh, discarded pots and pans, right? And they're all grasp- or gasping for air, uh, suffering as if from some pestilence, uh, and frantically scratching themselves and and each other. Um, because their scabs are apparently like maddeningly itchy. Mm-hmm. Um, he likens this action to the scaling of a fish, right? Like he's like, like, you know how, like when you like scale a fish with your knife mm-hmm. and I'm here in 2023 reading this and being like, yeah, I know exactly how that, <laughs> how you do that. Right. All right. <laughs> it's like re- they're scratching really, really, I know more about scratching really, really itchy scabs than mm-hmm. I do about scaling a fish. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but yeah, so so Dante and Virgil. So now you know how to t- how to teach someone how to scale a fish. Yeah, so, so I'll be like, do hey, it you like know. you, uh, yeah, you scratch a scab, <laughs> like you're like you're scratching your your uh, pestilential body, <laughs> your gross, nasty, yeah. plague written arm. <laughs> right. They're you like, know. got it, chief. Yeah. You I mean, I'm sorry, fish dish. Yes, chef is what they would say. Yes, chef. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And you don't have to worry because, uh, you know, the rat under your hat will do it for you. 
Uh, so so they descend into this Malabolja, and uh, Virgil approaches two of these sinners who are just like scratching away. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's and he he literally says he's like like don't stop scratching, <laughs> just answer me while you scratch. Right? Are there any Italians in this pouch? Mm-hmm. Right? Is this something that like like this is something that he's done before? Right? And it has me wonder is is this just so Dante can understand them? Not that he would speak their regional Italian language anyway. <laughs> See, that's so. the other thing. It's like oh, your Tuscan accent, right? <laughs> But he's specifically asking for Italians every mm-hmm. single time. Right. right. But yeah, like, so so it turns out that these two guys are Italian, mm-hmm. right? Very convenient. <laughs> so, and one of them is from Arezzo. Ah, so never uh, mind if he's from Arezzo. He does speak Tuscan. Like, Tuscan uh-huh. Very convenient. Very, like, that is, very, is, very convenient. <laughs> ah, you know, Virgil, it is a very small world. It is a very small world on fire. Yeah. Okay, okay, so... So, so this guy from Arezzo uh, supposedly joked with Albert of Siena that he could fly. Mm-hmm. And apparently, if I'm reading this right, Albert of Siena was mad that he actually couldn't make him fly. <laughs> and so he had him burned for alchemy. Um, <laughs> if, if we're reading that right. <laughs> if we're reading that right. Um, yeah, I, I, I didn't understand it either. So, okay. Well, maybe, okay. Like another note here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Albert of Siena was a Franciscan friar. Mm-hmm but not a flyer. Um, <laughs> but he was an associate of uh, Bernardino of Siena and a diplomatic envoy of Pope Eugene IV. Okay. So I'm wondering if what's happening here is this guy from Arezzo is like an alchemist, like 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 selling, it's like, hey, like I can make you fly. Mm-hmm. And then it doesn't work. And rather than, it's like, hey, you lied to me, I'm going to punish you. I'm just going to punish you for alchemy. Hmm. Do you see what I mean? No. <laughs> okay. So sorry, I don't. Or there's this thing. Okay, who's 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 Icarus's father? Daedalus. Daedalus. Yeah. Okay, because in one of the translations, mm-hmm. um, this guy from Arezzo says like he's he was mad at me because I couldn't make him like Daedalus. Okay. So that means to me that it wasn't that like he joked that he could fly and then he found out that he was lying and because of this stupid lie why would you make this stupid lie <laughs> right he burns him at the stake i think what's happening is this he 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 conned albert of siena uh-huh. into like buying like a potion that could supposedly make him fly right okay okay mm-hmm. and then it didn't work mm-hmm. and rather than like call him out on it. He's mm-hmm. like, hey, this this guy sold a potion because he's he's of the church, Albert of Siena, right? Mm-hmm, right. So he can't be seen like taking any like potions or spells. Right, okay, I see. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, that makes sense, right. So when it didn't work, mm-hmm. instead of calling him out on like, you're a, you're a shitty alchemist, <laughs> he just decided, hey, right. we got an alchemist over here. Right, you sold Let's me burn. bad drugs mm-hmm. and you're, you're a drug dealer. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's not me. I, I wasn't buying drugs. Right. I wasn't buying. You sold me bad magic. illegal drugs. I right. mean, you're a drug dealer. That's <laughs> you're right. Yeah. yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I th- I think that's what happened. Um, right. But yeah, I might I could be wrong. And Folks, that, write in if you if you know better. And this bulge is all for yeah alchemists and and uh, fakers and uh, falsifiers and things. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Specifically, like they they mention alchemy quite a, quite a bit. Yeah. It seems like yeah. just about all of them are alchemists. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and yeah. So speaking of yeah, this other soul, Capocchio. Um, <laughs> that is his name like and, and I've heard people uh, say it out loud Capocchio I really mm-hmm. like that right because it is spelled like Pinocchio right yes, it's the C-C-H-I-O yes. right Capocchio um, uh, Dante's Dante's friend in his school days mm-hmm. right who was ooh burned for alchemy in 1293 yeah 
And I wonder, because alchemy, I'm just thinking about this out loud right now. Sorry, I'm mm-hmm. trying to put these things together. So like yeah. alchemy is, so sometimes in the secular world, we think of it as like the attempts at science before the scientific method, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I guess from a religious standpoint in like religious society, it's worse than than quack science or like beginning science. It's like an affront to the nature of things and God and all of that. So that's why it's sort of down here with these other bolgia. If I remember correctly, there like back in the day, like science and magic were in some cases almost interchangeable, right? Mm-hmm. And the lines were really, really blurry between what was science and what was considered magic. Uh-huh, right. Um, and there was I, I, I might be wrong about this, but I believe there was a thought that like you know the element of lead and the element of gold are like one atom off from mm-hmm, each other. Mm-hmm. And so like alchemists were like, oh, this like we're lousy with lead. We can we can <laughs> all we gotta do is like, you know, like swap these atoms around and we can we can have gold up to our uh from our chin to our ass. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I like again, just like the way that Dante is putting, you know, fortune tellers mm-hmm. and um, you know, like people who practice magic in uh his hell, mm-hmm. I imagine he's also looking at alchemists being like you're you're breaking God's game. Right, right, right. Right. You're you're using cheat codes, right? right. Like you're you're changing one thing into another thing, and you can't do that. And we're promising you gold in heaven and you know, you know, yeah, for exactly. a, like, why do you need eternal yeah, reward? Why are you trying to change the material world to to yeah? Right. This is this is a double sin because it's like, yeah, you shouldn't even be worried about gold. Right? <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Or fly it. Yeah. Who wants to fly? Yeah. What, what do you it's like if man were meant to fly? <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, that is Canto 29, and now we move on to Canto 30. We are on the home stretch here, folks, mm-hmm. right? There's, there's 34 cantos in this thing. We are almost done. So Dante opens this next canto where we left off in the last Malavolge. He begins with another callback to Ovid, retelling two stories, that of Athamas in Thebes and Hecuba in Troy, both of them driven mad by the deaths of their children. Now, uh, Dr. Jennifer Holberg says that most folks see this as a shout-out to Ovid, right? Um, but she is of the opinion, and I agree, um, and I think we've mentioned this on the show before, that Dante is once again comparing himself to Ovid because after describing the grief in these two stories, he brings us back to his story, and he says, but they were nothing like this. <laughs> so Dr. Dr. Holberg goes on to say that, that Dante is able to disguise this boast by claiming that Ovid's story is just a story mm-hmm. and his truth is stranger than Ovid's fiction. Mm-hmm. Um, after this, Dante returns to talking with uh, Capocchio. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, Capocchio's still here. Um, but they are interrupted when two sinners come running at them. Dante compares them to naked rampaging boars. Uh, they're completely insane with rage. And that was why the Ovid stories. So he could say that these crazy sinners were worse than anything Ovid could have written. Mm. And I just uh, want to say, Lester, that the notes you put together for these bonus episodes are just way crazier than anything Dante could have written. Oh, right. I mean, like, you know, you look at, we, folks, we ran out of characters in a Google Doc. <laughs> did we tell them that? <laughs> oh, I don't know. That's, that's, not a, that's not a fake brag. Like, right. I actually did. Like, we, we found the end of Google. <laughs> <laughs> It was, it was like just, it was like 650 pages or something crazy. It was 650 pages, yeah. yeah, yeah. It was like because I because I have to write everything. And it was um, like no, no, yeah. you have and to Google's get like, another like, Google. Is, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so so yeah, so folks, my notes are nothing. I, like my my notes. If you took The Exorcist, mm-hmm. um, Dante's Inferno, Paradise Lost, 
And you know what? Fuck it. Just the entire history of the devil and you stacked them all on top of each other. My notes would still be longer. Because I'm that insane, right, folks. Right, right, right. But not insane, not as insane as as, as these uh, uh, sinners who come up and and and, and bite uh, Capocchio by his neck. They go and they grab him by his neck with their teeth, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, Dante compares them to, yeah, like we said, boars. Um and, and yeah, so so if they were after Dante, they'd go after his rump, but they're after Capocchio right. and they're after his neck. So that must they be they were a... hiding behind his rump. It was <laughs> it was so large. They must be, they must have yeah, he must have a tasty neck. Yeah. <laughs> like, ah, I'm gonna give me that Capocchio like, neck. Tastier <laughs> than And as they as they uh uh drag uh Capocchio off, mm-hmm. you can see Dante's just a little bit like disappointed. He's like, oh didn't even didn't even nibble. Like, oh god. Okay. Well, anyway, anyway, anyway. Now these these two sinners. Okay, so so we're back to before they they drag uh, Capocchio off, right? Uh-huh, right. We got we got to identify these two guys, right? Or these mm-hmm. these two sinners. Um, they have committed the sin of false identity. The first is Gianni Shichi, mm-hmm. I, I believe. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, uh, who who impersonated his friend's dead father in order to help his friend alter the father's will. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Uh, the second is how would you say like. This is a famous part. This is Mira or Myra? It looks like, yeah, there's a couple R's where you wouldn't think they'd be. Yeah. So like yeah. Myra, I guess. Myra. Or like Mira. Yeah. Mira, yeah, right? <laughs> Who is also from Ovid, mm-hmm. right? She disguised herself as someone else to sleep with her own father. Mm-hmm. Right? Just because, not to get a Did, will or anything. I don't, I didn't read it. I don't know if, if there's like something to, to be gained by that. <laughs> right. Is this another like will situation? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, yeah I don't right? know. Ancestry, like, you know, the bloodline. I don't know. I don't mm-hmm. know. Check it out, folks. Ovid. <laughs> Mira. Crazy, you know, 18 or older, please. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, okay. So, and, and these two sinners, right? Like I said, they run and they bite Capocchio by the neck. <laughs> and they drag him off. And that's the last we hear of, like, all of them. Right, <laughs> right, right. right. They never come back. Other fish to fry. Let's keep moving. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just saying, like, like Dante Alighieri, mm-hmm. right? He writes these these people into his story, and some of them have these these eulogies, some of them have these soliloquies, and some of them just like show up, and they're famous people, <laughs> mm-hmm. and they show up, and they're like, ah, la, 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 and then they just leave, right, and that's it. Right? <laughs> and it could have been anybody. Mm-hmm. You hear that, Dante? It could it could have been anybody. <laughs> um, but yeah, so so Dante uh, then turns and sees another spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, this guy, um, his body is bloated with dropsy. Mm-hmm. Um, he is, he is barely able to move. Um, Dr. Holberg points out that even his distorted frame is a lie because Dante compares him to a lute, right? Which, what is it? Isn't a lute like... It's like a guitar. Okay, okay. I, I keep on thinking it sounds so much like flute. I'm like, no, oh, it's not a right. wind instrument. It's a stringed instrument. Yeah, right? I'm pretty sure it's, yeah, like that uh, that guy who gets drunk in, in Disney Sleeping Beauty and he gets the wine in his lute. Oh, okay, okay. Remember yes, that? okay, that's a lute. Yeah, I okay. think so. Okay, so he's talking about like he's he's like fat, like he's he's bloated. Yeah, mm-hmm. is, is what Dante is trying. Okay, right. okay, 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 right. Okay, so so yeah, so um, uh, but like they say that this is so so. Uh, Doctor Holberg points out that this is also a lie because later this guy will pound his belly and it will sound like a drum. Mm-hmm. So he's not a lute; he's a drum, right? Um, but yeah, so so this guy is Master Adam, um, whom Dante may have known in life. Um, he, I, I think they said he's he's actually witnessed his execution. Okay. Um, yeah. So so his crime was counterfeiting coins. Um, and once again, he he tries to justify to Dante, right? It's not his fault, mm-hmm. right? Other people made him do it, right? Once again, we see people not learning in Dante's hell, right? Right. 
So yeah, so that's that's all we get of him. Um, then we get uh, Sinon the Greek, uh, who fooled the citizens of Troy into allowing the Trojan horse through the gates. So once again, we see the Trojan horse story flipped, mm-hmm. in which the Trojan horse is is done by the bad guys. Right, right? exactly. Yeah. And, and Sinon's have- not even Greek, it turns out. He's, he's from Turkey. He's from Turkey. <laughs> I'm imagining. I'm imagining yeah, nothing right. that he says is true. Right, yeah. I'm Chaco the pig and sign on the Greek. Right. It turns out Chaco's uh, not even a pig. <laughs> no. Count the fine. He, he's a turkey. He's a turkey. <laughs> wow. Okay. That was not me, folks. That was not me. All right. Um, so, yeah. So we Oh, yes. And we also have, Keenan, we have Potiphar's wife. Mm-hmm. From that, from that wonderful musical, right? Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. Oh, is she Potiphar's a character wife. in there? She is. Oh, I didn't, I didn't remember that. Uh-huh. Yeah, there's a whole. I mean, you know, Potiphar has his song. It's like, I don't know how much I can, I can do that. <laughs> Without getting sued. Yeah, right. <laughs> but no, our buddy David Zobel, right? He was in. Um, yeah, 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 uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he played Potiphar. It was really cool. Oh, okay, okay. And he did it as this. Um, so, because usually you have Potiphar, and he's like, kind of like this, this uh, massive. Um, you know, big jowled guy with like a powder white face mm-hmm. and he's got like all these riches and all these rings and this, you know, this, you know, wonderful suit. Mm-hmm. But David had him like, cause, cause David's a little bit more slim, mm-hmm. right? So he had him like, you know, dressed in this like three piece suit, right? And he's like, oh, kind of like a snake oil salesman. Uh-huh, and, he's, uh-huh. and he's walking on there and he has this, this really cool kind of like uh, jaunt onto the stage. And mm-hmm. It was really neat, right? And I, I, if I remember correctly, it was like Potiphar owned like a bar. Okay. Right. Like a saloon or something. Uh-huh. Yeah. It was very cool. Um, shout out to David. Yeah. <laughs> so Potiphar is in here because no Potiphar's wife. Potiphar's is wife is, is down in hell. Yeah, they break. Yeah, so Potiphar... Dante breaks with the band again. Uh-huh, uh-huh, <laughs> right. um, yeah, where's Potiphar? Um, he would be. I, I guess he would be in greed, right? I guess so. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but yeah. So so uh, Potiphar's wife is down here for accusing Joseph. That's not not you know uh, Joseph. Uh, you know. That we know, like Nativity Joseph. Right, the Joseph right? This, is the amazing technical dream coat. Exactly, Joseph, right? Gotcha. <laughs> Accu- accusing Joseph of, of, of trying to seduce and or rape her. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right, so that's the big thing, right? And that was the thing that landed um, uh, Joseph in jail. And then right, okay. Had that big musical number close every door. <laughs> uh-huh. right? you know, and all that stuff. Right. So, um, but yeah, so, so Potiphar's wife is down here, and we don't really hear much from her anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, Dante just wants to make it clear that she's down here. He's part of her wife is down here too, right. right? Yeah. So, so yeah, she's mentioned only briefly, and then it goes back to these two guys, Adam and and, and Sidon, um, who start to bicker. And here, Doctor Holberg likens this argument to like, and <laughs> I love this. She's she calls it. She likens it to an epic rap battle, mm-hmm. um, which made me think, why have we not had Dante in one of these epic rap battles? Because <laughs> it's hard to rap in this accent. Uh, it throws <laughs> off all of the rhythm. Yeah. <laughs> we take a one word and make it a three syllables. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> Schisms. You can't, you, can't, you can't flash those signs because you're busy making other things. You know? But yeah, so, so, so actually Dr. Holberg reminds us that back in his younger days, Dante actually did this. Mm-hmm. He exchanged epic slams in the form of sonnets and was known as Dante the Insulter. Oh, yeah. Lil Dante. <laughs> Lil Dante. <laughs> that makes me, okay, what does it say about me mm-hmm. that instead of thinking of Lil Nas X, mm-hmm. which we have mentioned on the show, uh, yeah. um, I think of Lil Caesars. <laughs> and now I'm now I'm hungry and now I want like a little a Lil Dante. Hey, go help yourself. Yeah. Dante, yeah. Dante. <laughs> <laughs> 
you would you would totally order a Malabolja. <laughs> right. From, you know. Right. Instead yeah, of crazy was... bread, they have madness bread. <laughs> <laughs> Here's your pizza. You can just like scrape off the skin, you know, like yeah. the gutting of a fish. You know? <laughs> scaling a fish off. Yeah. The descaling of a fish. <laughs> um, you know, it's 30 minutes or uh, your delivery guy goes straight to the ninth circle of hell. <laughs> Oh, he didn't bring any napkins. <laughs> Make a new circle down there. Yeah. Don't bring any napkins. I said diet Pepsi. <laughs> anyway, what am I? I'm a hypocrite. I'm ordering an entire little Dante's pizza for myself <laughs> with madness bread, right? And Malabolja, and I order a diet Pepsi. When you get a pizza or other food delivery, do you turn into the house and say like, "Hey, pizza's here" to keep from the uh, the delivery guy that it's going to be just you eating it by yourself? <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, pizza's here. <laughs> quiet, There's other quiet. people in this house. <laughs> Everybody, stop partying and having sex. <laughs> The pizza is here. The pizza's here. <laughs> it's two large pizzas. <laughs> I can't eat all of these on my own. I'm too fit. <laughs> right. Yes, my fun, sexy friends will be eating this with me. <laughs> and the guy's like, okay, sir. <laughs> He's already gone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah post-COVID days, the delivery men do not sit around. Oh, yeah, to, he's, to not even, he's not even. No, no, they're gone. He, when I opened the door, the pizza was just on the doormat. <laughs> but I still did the thing. I was like, right. hey, guys, pizza's here. <laughs> yeah. At this point, who are you trying to convince? The pizza? <laughs> <laughs> hey, his pizza never had it so good. Oh, boy. Or I just say, hmm, a lovely cheese pizza just for me. <laughs> Yes, home alone, guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> right. But then and then, you know, is Dante with his with his hands, you know, on his cheeks. He's like, ah, right? And then Ovid and Lucan are looking in the window. <laughs> this yeah. guy's the greatest writer I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> he's not gonna he's not gonna eat that pizza all by himself. Look, he's he's got all those sexy friends with him. <laughs> There's Michael Jordan on a, on a, on a little toy train. <laughs> uh, insult. Okay, yeah. So, so yeah, we were talking about Dante the Insulter, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and and so maybe that's why Dante is like transfixed by this smackdown that's going on, right? And Virgil has to snap him out of it, right? He, he he's like, there's not much time. Which isn't there, Virgil? <laughs> Like, who said there was a time limit in all yeah, of this? Yeah, yeah. Paradise you closes just, at 10 o'clock. Yeah. You just want to go home. <laughs> You're right, to the first circle. Yeah. In limbo. But no, like, like Virgil gets downright threatening here. Mm-hmm. He says something akin to, like, keep right on looking and we're going to have a fight. <laughs> so he is definitely getting grumpier as we go. But you're right. He's just tired. He just yeah. wants to. He's, he's done. Right. right. Yeah. His his buddies are, are waiting for him, right? <laughs> They're, yeah, I got a sexy party up on the first level. <laughs> and all my sexy friends are there. <laughs> the pizza's going to get there real soon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, no, no. Like, so, okay. Now, Dr. Holberg also compares Dante's fascination with this bickering to 
our fascination with gossip or drama in the mm-hmm. workplace or or on social media, right? It's an ugly part of human nature that we want to see other people lose it, right? Right. There's whole like TikTok channels devoted to this very thing, right? Oh. People freaking out in public. Oh, you haven't seen those? No. <laughs> like people like, you know, specifically like Karens or whatever. Oh, right? yeah, you know, yeah. Losing their shit, right? Mm-hmm. And it's popular for a reason, right? Because we as humans cannot resist witnessing other people's drama, right? Mm-hmm. And the Canto's final line here brings Virgil's and I guess, I guess Dante's message home. He says, the wish to hear such baseness is degrading. Right. As Dr. Holberg puts it, it's less about the awfulness of the sinners engaged in this behavior and more about the way that interacting with that awfulness diminishes us. But Dante's the one writing it and telling us. I know. <laughs> so who are you trying to convince, Dante? The pizza? <laughs> who is this for? <laughs> Guys, stop fighting. <laughs> Specifically shirtless with your <laughs> right. with your fists. Please turn over down, me. Turn up the music and start having sex again. <laughs> Everyone, <laughs> there are plenty of chips uh-huh. and sodas. <laughs> All right. But yeah, but oh, uh, she also points out uh, something that is that is actually really fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. Right? She mentions um, this technique called vertical reading in which readers compare the poem across the same numbers. Uh, and she asks us to keep track of something. So listeners, everybody, like, I guess, I guess we're all in on this. We got to, we got to do this. Mm-hmm. So she says, Master Adam's final taunt goes something in, in this canto. It goes something like this. It says, you're the one who's burning and whose head aches. And it would not take much to coax you to lick up the mirror of Narcissus. Oof. Damn. <laughs> yeah. <My job. laughs> right. But so, okay. So Dr. Holberg notes that there is a reference to Narcissus in each of the number 30 cantos. I'm not sure if she means like Purgatorio and Paradiso or just like 30, 31, 32, 33, 34, like of Inferno. Um, but we'll have to keep track of that, I guess. Yeah, I guess I, hmm. Is that how people read them? They just had the pages of each canto around their, their reading rooms back in the 1300s and they could look across the 30s like that? But I want to like, that makes me think. It's like if you read like, you know, canto... Uh, you know, 17 mm-hmm. of Inferno and then stack it up against Canto 17 of Purgatorio. Like, are we going to find like some hidden message is, you know, is the Declaration well, of Independence like <laughs> going to steal itself? <laughs> <laughs> well, we're not going to find out. not been written yet. Yeah, because yeah, we're not, yeah, we're not going to look at Purgatorio. No, 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 we're not, we're not touching Purgatorio or Paradiso. One of our readers can do it and we would, yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. we would love it. We'd love it. All right. Guys! <laughs> Stop reading Dante's Purgatorio in there. The pizza's here. <laughs> all right. Okay. But folks, that is all of my notes for today. Keenan, is there anything else? No. Look for our last episode of uh, the Dante Saga on, yeah. on our feed. Yes. Coming yes. up soon. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that, that that like we got one more. This mm-hmm. the next episode is going to be the final Dante episode. I'm so excited. Um, and then after that, um, we might just go right back into, you know, oops, all movie episodes, which I guess that's, <laughs> that's not, right. that's not an oops. That's like a finally all movie episodes. <laughs> or if you guys want, uh, we can, uh, the next thing that I was thinking of doing.
doing is yeah. uh, is Paradise Lost. So yeah. Um, yeah. So we'll uh, we'll we'll open that question back up. But yeah. Um, so folks, this has been another excellent Exorcist Minute. I have been Lester Ryan Clark. You can reach me on all the socials as Lester Ryan Clark. And I've been Keenan Diaz. And you can find me on Letterbox and Instagram as Howdy Keenan. Yeah, we got our listener group, Compelling Conversations. Go check that out and request to join, and we'll let you in here with us. Thank you so much to everyone who has shared the show by word of mouth or on social media. And a big thank you to everyone who has given us a five star ratings on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you listen to our show. We really appreciate that. It's going to help our little podcast grow and find more cool people like you. All right, Keenan, are you thinking what I'm thinking? I think I am, Lester. Folks, until next time. The power of crying compels you. Shredder, the pizza's here. <laughs> all Stop my having sex. <laughs> all my cool teenage friends. <laughs> oh wait, the turtles are here. Hide the pizza. <laughs> Krang, how do you know the Ninja Turtles are here? <laughs> They're so good at hiding. Shredder, are we talking about the same Ninja Turtles? They literally scream cowabunga every time they enter a womb. I know where they are even when I'm not looking for them.